broadcasting from the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's time for Kick Set with USA Swimming, bringing you interviews with athletes, coaches, and experts from age group swimming to the national and Olympic teams. Hello, and welcome to the Kick Set Podcast. I am your host, Dan McCarthy. I I hope everybody is either getting ready to enjoy Thanksgiving or maybe you're listening to this over the uh, Thanksgiving break um, and starting to think about and get ready for Christmas. Um, I also, of course, hope everybody is safe and healthy. Before we get uh, into our podcast today, I wanted to encourage you to visit the USA Swimming website. We have a lot going on there right now. Um, as soon as you log on to the site, usaswimming.org, you can visit the national leaderboard, which will be uh, updated every every weekend um, with new results. The November leaderboard is up right now, um, and I think that runs through uh, November 30th. Um, scroll down a little bit on the main page, and you're going to find um, a, a ton of information about events we've just hosted and upcoming events as well. Um, I do encourage you to scroll down to the upcoming events. Um, we hosted the Toyota US Open was at many sites, uh, I guess uh, November 12th through 30th. You know, we had some flexible dates in there. And as a matter of fact, our guest today is gonna, we're gonna chat a little bit and learn about one of the sites and how a, a multi-site US Open looks. But uh, I encourage you to go to the Toyota US Open uh, site on our webpage and scroll through some of the results, um, see what happened at the different sites, who swam, how fast they swam. Excellent swimming went on there. Um, and it was super encouraging uh, for something that looks like, uh, you know, super elite level swimming to take place again. Uh, there's also information on there for the upcoming uh, 18 and under winter championships, as well as for the first and out pro swim series of the 2021 schedule um, for Richmond, Virginia. Golden goggles. Yes, golden goggles. We just hosted those Thursday, um, last Thursday, whatever that was. And it was a ton of fun. And we are having a special rebroadcast of Golden Goggles on uh, NBC's Peacock or the Olympic Channel. That's going to take place at 8 o'clock at night on uh, November 24th. So hopefully you're getting this in time in order to, to go on TV and watch that. And because of that, um, that means that the silent auction that goes along with the Golden Goggles will be open uh, for an extra day. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to sign in and bid on items for the, for the silent auction, the auction table will be open until November 25th. So our guest today is going to be Madison Cox. Um, I wanted to get one of the athletes that participated in this multi-site U.S. Open because it's something so different from what we normally do um, and get get a feel for what the meet was like uh, from an elite athlete's point of view. And Madison's gonna provide us with that. Um, we had some time to talk about, you know, how she had to reorganize her life um, based on COVID-19 and the, the delay in the Olympic games. 
And if you pay attention and listen all the way through, Madison will also uh, explain how pickleball became a very viable and legitimate dry land activity for her during quarantine. All right, let's take a listen. Madison, welcome to the Kickset Podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks, Dan. I'm doing great. I'm just happy to be here. All right, great, great. So uh, one of the main reasons that I wanted to speak with you is that you attended one of the multi-site U.S. Open events that we had last week. Um, looking over how you swam, a 210, 200 IM, 158, 200 free, and 227 and 200 breast. If last April I would have said you'd have been quarantined for a few months and lived through a pandemic, and then next November you would have swam those times, you'd be happy, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was um, I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And I think the expectations were all over the place, but all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with those times. Yeah. Um, I have my own personal bet here, but which one did you think was the best? Um, I think the, like objectively the best one was probably the two I am, but I was most proud of the two free, I think. Okay. Just because I'm, I don't, I don't usually swim that one, um, and I'm just kind of still learning how to swim it. If you look at right. the splits for that race, they weren't great, but um, but I'm, I'm I'm still learning. I'm coming around to it, but I'm I think I'm excited um, about the direction that event's going for me. Okay, that's actually because I was, the two ten is the one that caught my eye, as I mm. think it caught everybody's. Everybody was like, oh wow, and then the one fifty eight is like, oh that's a nice little addition. And then the 200 breast looking at that, it's like, wow, that's like a little cherry on top. Cause it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fine time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so getting prepared to do this, your pandemic training was, I, I'm not going to say different, different for what you're used to, but <laughs> compared to other athletes in your situation, it might be very similar. A lot of isolation, individual swimming. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of individual swimming. Just, I mean, I, I, it's really hard to swim on your own. It's really hard. And for one week, a short period of time, it's, it's fine, but weeks on end, not knowing when it's going to stop. It's, it's really hard to be um, self-motivated enough to get it out to the pool, to do some laps, do a hard workout. It was really, really challenging. Has it improved? Um, well, I mean, I can swim with people now, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's great. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the competition itself. Um, because this is a first for USA swimming. The U S open is usually a, a pretty big event, an international event. And now it was, um, a multi-site event. We were in Oregon, Iowa, North Carolina, Alabama, Indianapolis, Southern California, Virginia, Texas, and Florida. And you swam at the Texas site. I did. I swam at the one in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. How was it? It was different. It was not that, you know, I've, I've been to many U S opens in my, in my time swimming. And it was definitely not what you said, like the traditional one where everyone comes to one place and has this one big meet and the crowd is kind of crazy. And it's, it's pretty, there's some hype and some excitement behind it. And it was, um, it was different to say the least, you know, there, there wasn't really, we were fortunate enough to have some spectators at ours. Um, with that though, the actual number of competitors was, uh, limited. I think that was like how we were able to have spectators. I'm not sure. Um, but we kind of had to build our own hype. It was, it was, right. it was, our Texas team was there and I was really thankful for them and not everyone, but a few people were there. 
Um, and we just kind of made it as exciting as we could for us and um, just took it for what it was and try to make the most of it. Um, a lot of things are different. What couldn't you get over that was just the most different thing? Like this, was it the, the fans? Was it the small number of athletes? Like if you had to nail one thing that just made it so different. Um, honestly, yeah, the honestly. warm up, the, the warm up situation was so weird. Like I've <laughs> never been to a big meet and it had so much space in warm up. Oh. Like there's like two other people in my lane and you, you know, usually at big meets, you see those pictures of like everyone just fighting each other back to back people just, it was, it's usually crazy and warm up. And I kept on waiting for people to, you know, filter on in more people to come. And then I was like, no, this is everyone at this meet. I mean, it was a small, small meet. I mean, no more than, I think the max was like three heats for like the, the hundred freestyle, which usually has 20 something, you know, it, sure. it was crazy. So um, it wasn't so it was, awful. <laughs> no, the warm up situation was like a delight, but like weird. Like it, it was like, this is not how warm up is at big meets. Like, it, it, and then, you know, warm up is where you really tune your mind to get ready for the racing. And it was really hard to like, remember, like I'm at a big meet right here when I, there wasn't a million people circle something around me and just like kind of doing whatever they need to do to get ready, but just kind of the chaos that comes with warm up at big meets. And the finals only swims. Is this like more of like a college dual meet for you then? Yeah, it felt a little bit like that. Um, it was definitely weird. I mean, it, I think the best session or my favorite session was the Friday afternoon. Cause you kind of, you had a final in the morning and then you had a final at nine. So the final at night actually felt like a real final. But for me, that first morning, both mornings, actually both morning finals felt so weird. I was like swimming, you're swimming in the morning, but you're, it's a final. Um, it was just really hard to wrap your head around, but um, it definitely was kind of like a college dual me where you get one shot at it better make it a good one. Right. And, um, uh, but it, it, on the other hand, like it's, it's kind of cool. Sometimes I feel like I spend a lot of energy at meets, like just in prelim swims that don't matter as much when I, in this way, I was like able to kind of conserve some energy and spin it on the, on the real races. Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously there's been a ton of sports to watch since August, whether you're into baseball, basketball, football. And the one thing that struck me watching those sports is, it's easy to forget once you get into the game that the fans aren't there, that the mm -hmm. athletes are going hundred percent, um, that they care. They're, you know, very emotional whenever, you know, important things happen. And I don't ever want to say that the fans aren't important because they're really important for swimming. I think that's even like growing up as an age group swimmer, you know, it's one of the things that's always you remember from the big meets is the being in a packed stadium for something. Um, but as a competitor, once you hit the water, you don't, aren't thinking that you're at a multi-site U.S. Open anymore. Oh, no. Once you hit the water, I mean, I think my brain just goes blank. My muscles go into muscle memory. I know how to swim the races. I know what to do. And my my, my mind is just on competing, on, on, on winning. I mean, I, I, I've never thought about the, the fans and the stands during a race. I've, I've always just really thought about, you know, I'm in the moment thinking – just winning the race and doing what I need to do and what I've trained to do. How sparse does, did the deck look sparse uh, with like coaches and officials or was that kind of like the norm? No, it was very sparse. It was, it was extremely sparse. Everyone was really spread out. You know, usually you're also fighting for like space on a bench to put your bag. And this time, you know, 
we had our own bench. We weren't near anyone else. Um, coaches on the deck. I mean, there weren't really many teams there. Right. So there were a few coaches on the deck. Officials, you know, obviously were there. Um, but it was definitely, definitely sparse. Okay. We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, your preparations or I don't even call it your preparations, but how you continued to train over the last eight months. And it's crazy, like many people. Um, but the delay in the Olympic games was a really messed things up for you. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, it, it was, it was kind of, I was your life plan just got, Oh, Oh, absolutely. I had planned everything out in my life, like to a T this is what I'm going to do. This is, you know, then I'm going to go on to this and I had to completely reevaluate things. I was, um, I had been accepted in, uh, to medical school. I accepted the offer to go to UT, um, Houston, for medical school this I was supposed to start this past fall um however with the delay of the games I knew I wasn't going to do swimming and med school at the same time <laughs> just like wasn't feasible um for me so um I decided to request a deferral and they were gracious enough to grant me one and so I was very thankful for that because otherwise I would have had to completely reapply to med school um and that was just a headache and a half the first time so I, I'm very glad that um, I'm able to still go there However, it'll just be this coming fall, 2021, that I'll start med school. And then um, that gave me this year to train. So okay. it worked um, out. It definitely wasn't ideal though. <laughs> so any classes right now? Oh, yes. Yes. So I did decide um, I didn't want to just like kind of sit around this year. I, I still, I really love going to school and, and I love learning. So I decided to pursue my master's in public health. So I'm getting that degree or started that degree this year. I'll finish it um, concurrently with medical school, but, um, I am, I did start my classes and actually have a test tomorrow for that. Um, but, but yeah, doing, doing a little bit of school and, and learning a bit. So do you have a increased interest in airborne diseases now? <laughs> um, not, not really particularly, but we, it has given us a lot of content for classes. I'm in, um, an epidemiology class and it's been really interesting to learn about epidemiology, especially with the, the, framework and context of COVID and everything like that. So it, it has been really interesting. I don't know if I, that's necessarily what I want to pursue, but um, I've definitely enjoyed learning about it. Is there something that you've always had your eye on or are you open as far as what you're going to um, practice? I'm, I'm pretty open in terms of public health. I think I want to, I'm leaning more towards healthcare policy. Mm. Um, and then in terms of my medical degree. I have no idea. I I'm really interested in dermatology, but that could change. Um, that's just based on my experiences so far working with different physicians and, um, shadowing people and working at hospitals. So a lifetime of very dry chlorinated skin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to start putting on lotion or something at least, <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we talked, you mentioned earlier that you did some training alone. People, I have found are still incredibly interested in how the athletes adapted over this period of time, whether it was like what sort of training you had to kind of switch to, um, how you build a gym in your garage, you know, what interesting adaptations did you have to make that not just sustained you, but actually have you swimming pretty well right now? Yeah, that's, that was really hard to do. Um, but it was definitely something we kind of, I kind of like learned as I went, but, um, so pretty much right when everything happened, I, I went home to Lubbock, Texas. I'm very, I was very fortunate to be able to, you know, have 
a place there to stay, you know, with my family. And then also they have a couple of resources that I don't have here in Austin. Um, one of which being a Peloton, like a stationary bike. My mom has one. So um, that's kind of what took over for a while, you know, to really like make sure I was still getting the cardio I needed. I was doing Peloton rides. I mean, every single day um, for a while. And they also, my dad had some free weights in our gym. We had a TRX band um, and I had a couple other bands from our weight room here that I was really, you know, I had to work with my weight coach and kind of adjust some things, but I was making sure I got what I needed to, you know, the dry lanes aspect. And I was also kind of supplementing with cardio from the Peloton. Um, so that it, I think it worked out pretty well there for a while. And then eventually actually a pool did open up in Lubbock that I was able to go it was like a 20 minute drive from my home. And I would just go by myself, um, once a day for an hour to two hours and just, uh, get a workout in there. Um, it was really hard to do. It's, it's so hard to train alone and like have that motivation and, and keep in, you know, we, I have no, I had no idea what my next competition would be. So it's, it's hard to train without a goal and it's hard to train alone and ha putting those two things together really, um, was a formula to just test, you know, I feel like our drive and our, um, commitment to this sport. And that's, that's exactly what I kind of leaned into and just, you know, took it one day at a time, got what I needed to done, but also made sure I was just happy. You know, I just, I never had that long at home with my family. Um, you know, since I left for college. So I really just tried to enjoy that time with them, take advantage of it, you know, get as much as I could from it and enjoy it. And then um, eventually when pools started opening up in Austin, I did, made the choice to come back here. Um, I felt like it was a safe decision and mm -hmm. um, I did so. However, I didn't, then I didn't have a gym here, didn't have any weights or anything. So I kind of had to adjust there. I still brought my bands and I brought my TRX and I got a pull-up bar that I brought from home and was just doing dry lands around the house that I could. Um, and then now at, we're at the point where we're training with the team and I have a, um, weight room that we go to just like, um, it's a, it's a, like an independent weight room on campus that no one trains at, um, that me and two of my other post-grad teammates are able to go and, and train. Okay. I hold your coaching staff in very high esteem. I've had the pleasure to work with them, um, on overseas trips and actually, you know, like I worked with Mitch at USA swimming, um, mm -hmm it's kind of helpful to have really awesome coaches to get through something like this, huh? Oh yeah. They, they have, I mean, they're the reason I've gone through it. Carol was sending me practices all throughout when I was home. Um, just checking in on me, making sure I was okay. Making sure the whole team was okay. Hosting zooms for all of us to keep, you know, that connection. Cause for a while, like you, you lose that connection with your friends. And so they were really, um, making sure that we, we never lost that we were still, you know, together as a team, even though we weren't physically together, they were really great about that. And they've, they've really been to, um, you know, people leading this team through the whole thing and, and to like solid rocks to lean on when, when times have gone hard. Yeah. Carol's exceptional and you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, lucky. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm very fortunate and grateful for, um, having Carol and Mitch. They've been, they've been, they're incredible. So obviously the trials, Olympic games, you know, we can look forward to the summertime and everybody knows, what the goal is. Do you feel like you have a, a pathway there now, a clear path? Like what is your, your plans moving forward into the winter months here? Honestly, there's, there's not really a clear path yet because things are kind of still up in the air. I, I mean, I'm just trying to take a one meet at a time, one little um, training phase at a time. So right now we have um, right after Thanksgiving break, we'll have our invite 
And I think I'm competing at that. Um, but my next real site is set on the January pro swim in Richmond, but um, really just making sure that I'm, you know, uh, back to, you know, the coaches being so great. They've also in times that we don't have these competitions, they've made kind of fake ones for us uh, just as a team. So we, I were able to get up and race, even though it's not a good events against like other competitors or anything like that. We're still getting up racing. We have suits on, we have the touch pads, everything like that, really simulating what a real meet is. So I'm, you know, I know they're going to help prepare us in terms of the competition aspect and then just, you know, training, just following their lead and doing what, what we're supposed to be doing in and out of the pool, um, I think is, is really the plan that's, that's going to move us forward to trials and hopefully the games. Yeah. That's one of the the fun things that we could never have planned for working at USA Swimming is that a number of programs across the country decided whenever they could, you know, throw the pads in, suit up mm-hmm. if you want, we're going to do some races. And the stories that have come back to us, probably slightly exaggerated of what somebody did in practice or what somebody did back to back have been pretty amazing. You know, we'll leave them to lure for now. However, what was the the best thing you saw in, in one of these competitions or something unexpected? Um, I think, I mean, we had, we've had a lot of best times in these things. Like I know, yeah. like for myself, I went uh, best time in the 200 I am at one of the meets. Yeah. 200 I am short course. So okay. I hadn't swam it in a while, but it was like a one fifty two Oh, um, and it was at a, uh, it was a sanctioned meet and it was, it was like, yeah. I was, you know, I haven't swam it in a while, but I was still really proud of that. And, you know, beyond me, we had people on the whole team doing that kind of stuff. You know, it was really crazy and really wild to see that, you know, it, it also gave us all confidence of we took this time off training has not been normal, but we like we did have a base, a big base of training to work off of. And we are still going to be good. And we are still good. Like just because training was different or time was taken off, like that does not negate like the probability and chances of success this season. I think if anything, it could help us out. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's very similar to what we've heard. And even some coaches turning around and saying, you know, I would never, ever recommend this as a training plan. However, uh, the results we're seeing are, are exceptional. Yeah, I agree. So, um, the more, the more fun part, you said that you spent a lot of time at home, a lot of time with your family. Obviously we did the same thing here. Um, my wife had the opportunity to introduce Dawson's Creek to my daughter and (laughs) they're watching that or watch that. Any, uh, any streaming that you had a chance to, to dive into that you wouldn't have while you were home? Um, streaming. I, I really like the show Shit's Creek and yep. I've actually seen it before quarantine, but I've rewatched it multiple times since then. Um, it's just an incredible show, incredible actors, actresses, everything. Um, but one thing I had, I did get really, really into during this time. It's not like necessarily TV speaking was, but, um, the game pickleball. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got, we, I mean, we made a court in our driveway in Lubbock and we would play every single day, hours on end, we would play pickleball. It, I mean, it's so much fun. I just went home this past weekend and all I wanted to do was play pickleball. And that's what we did for six hours a day. We would just go play pickleball. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Did you, so you've, have you brought it to Texas to uh, UT for dry land work? No, I haven't done that yet. Honestly, whenever I'm like in Austin in my main, you know, doing my training, I don't really have the energy. So I kind of save that for when I'm home, you know, 
training's sure. not as like stringent. And so um, that's really when I dive deep into my pickleball addiction. <laughs> okay. Um, are you a podcast person? I am a podcast person. I love a good podcast. Give me a few. Um, <laughs> well, I, I have different ones. I like to dip, listen to at different um, times in my life, but I really like just the daily, mm-hmm. um, that one, um, listen to that every day. Morning brew is good. Um, there's one for like dating, like life advice, like girls got to eat. That one's always makes me laugh. Like when I just like want to be in a good mood and just like put something on like mindlessly, mindlessly listen, that one's a good one. Um, yeah, those are that kind of the ones I'm in, uh, right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, if people listen to this podcast and were like, wow, what a a cool woman, where would they find you on social media? Uh, Instagram would be the main, the main way to find me at mad M A D underscore Cox. Okay. So yeah, I don't really use Twitter or anything, but Instagram definitely am there. And if you have any questions too, I, I go into my um, requests and I answer those, you know, as often as possible. So. All right. You want to give a shout out to charity sponsors, anything that you're affiliated with? Um, Arena actually is absolutely, they're my sponsor for swimming. Um, incredible sponsor, incredible people in the company, the incredible suits. I mean, I couldn't speak more highly just of the brand and that's not because I'm getting paid to do that. That's just because I genuinely love them. Um, just incredible brand through and through. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks again, Madison. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, A couple things for you before we leave here. Pickleball. I did not know that pickleball was part of the USA family of sports. If you go to usapickleball.org, you can learn more about pickleball. Who knew? And of course, while you're on the internet, go to usaswimming.org and visit some of those things we talked about earlier, whether it be the leaderboard, going back over some U.S. Open results, uh, perusing the Golden Goggle auction items, or maybe looking forward to uh, the Pro Swim Series in Richmond, Virginia this January. Uh, Once again, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys are all safe and healthy through the holiday. And if you have an opportunity, please take time to to give us a review, a rating um, on whatever your preferred podcast provider might be. Thank you and take care. Thanks for listening to Kick Set with USA Swimming. Check out www.usaswimming.org slash kickset for more episodes and add Kick Set to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes.